How does a battered Matthew Stafford make Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson fantasy viable? Should you be adjusting your lineup setting strategy in week 15? And will an unheralded AFC West wide receiver crash high stakes fantasy football lineups this weekend in a good way? Plus, the week 14 leader in the Football Guys Players Championship, Mike Jenks, will drop by to talk about holding his lead, his tough start sit decisions this week, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hours. I can't now. stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Happy Hanukkah to all of the listeners who are celebrating that this evening. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, brought to you by MyFFPC.com. Thanks to our producer and mutual friend, Rob. Thank you to the Quiet Hollers, and remember to check out the Quiet Hollers music at quiethollers.com. I am, of course, your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is indeed the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. It is Farrell Elliott. Farrell, we are a week away from Christmas, and we are just hours away from continuing week 15 of the 2020 fantasy football season. How are your teams looking, and how are you doing tonight, sir? Okay, I'm doing fine. Thank you for asking. I just wish my teams in the FFPC and the football guys were doing near as well as yours are in the KFFSC. <laughs> but I'm hanging in there. I'm enjoying it. I've got triple-digit standings behind all my teams, so I've got a lot of work to do. But what a great tournament. It was an exciting week last weekend. What a game to kick it off Thursday night, huh? Yeah, so I was going to ask you about that because I was actually watching this with our with our good friend Tupacker, with our good friend The Real Leroy. We're watching this Chargers-Raiders game at a local establishment here in Northeast Wisconsin, and my heart just went out for you um, because Michael Badgley left the door wide open for your Raiders to win this game, and they almost took care of it with a touchdown early on in overtime. It just wasn't meant to be last night. The more Darren Waller you can get, the better off it is. And, uh, you know, we lost Mr. Carr very early, and then so uh, Waller was able to pick up with a wonderful night. Jacobs had a night for fantasy ballers. Everyone, we said start everyone on uh, on the uh, Chargers, and we were correct with the exception of the kicker and, and Keenan Allen. That's one of those tough starts, you know, when it gets you. It was too tempting not to put Keenan Allen in against that secondary, and oh, man, were they woeful. Yeah, you know, let's talk about Keenan Allen real briefly before we kick off the show. So I had I, I I I came into week 15 in 15th place overall in Kentucky, 
And I did have Keenan Allen on my roster. And actually, the two teams I have in the championship round in Kentucky, I had Keenan Allen on both those teams. And I looked at it, and I just I, I did not feel good about any of my replacements on either of those teams. And so I started Keenan Allen. Outside of Kentucky, I started Keenan Allen everywhere because I didn't feel good about any of my other options. And quite frankly, Farrell, and, and I know this, you know, it, it's one of those things, hindsight is twenty twenty. But looking at it in a vacuum where the Raiders and Chargers game are the only one to, to take place so far, I still feel good about my decision. I used all the information I had at my disposal. I used, you know, you, you had Peter Overs that was actually talking about this um, in, in, um, in the, uh, the Matthew Berry email today that said, you know, right before lineups locked, Keenan Allen, they were showing him on the ESPN or the, um, the, the broadcast on Thursday Night Football, and Keenan Allen looked right in the camera and said, don't sit me. And, and I didn't see it, but I, if I would have seen that, I still would have played him. So it's one of those things where you're disappointed about the outcome, but I'm, I've made my peace with the process, and I'd probably do it the same way over again. It just didn't work out. That's how fantasy football is sometimes, right? It is that way sometimes. And, you know, Keenan Allen, sometimes you've got to take the tough guy test. And remember this guy tried to play with the lacerated kidney once. So he's in a situation where he's always trying to play and he always believes he can run through the brick wall. Those kind of guys can get you in trouble. So make a note of it. Um, you know, Keenan Allen, uh, that's something the training staff couldn't help him with, could not get him back on the field, and could not make him look like himself. The thing about it is that the young players uh, haven't played so very, very well. Uh, they might have uh, ran Mr. Allen out there for a few more plays, but uh, good depth in that wide receiver core with the, with the chargers. And if you have good fantasy depth at wide receiver, you would have been in uh, you would probably have done the right thing. Just like you bulky and moved on uh, to a better selection that will be playing either Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Yeah. And I'm moving on. I'm excited to watch those games. We have three nights of football now coming up starting tomorrow. We get the bills and Broncos, the Packers and Panthers on Saturday, a full slate on Sunday. And then of course the Monday night game this week, very excited for that. We're going to talk about all that and more. In fact, we're going to get you set on how to handle Falcon, uh, excuse me, Atlanta Falcons skill position players with Julio Jones out of action in Week 15. We're going to talk about whether a certain young NFC North tight end is being benched in too many FFPC leagues right now. And then, of course, Mike Jenks is going to hang out with us to break down how he got all the way to the top of the 2020 Football Guys Players Championship and a ton more. Shout out to the chat room right now. You guys can post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, please do so. The show is at HSFFR. I am at Eric Balkman. You could always check out more on the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Find out how to compete against me and many other FFPC players at KFFSC.com in 2021. Mike Jenks is on Twitter at Jenks Mike. That is J-E-N-C-K-E-S Mike. Uh, Post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFF Hour as well. And please give us a call tonight, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. And if you uh, want to send the OG way to contact us, email highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com is where to get a hold of us there. If you have any questions for us for tonight's show, you got to send them in now. We're going to try to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails, and the fantasy feedback segment coming up in the final segment of the show. Thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, and, of course, our producer and mutual friend, Rob. Programming note, coming up at the end of the show, we're going to tell you more about our show next week. If you notice, um, our, uh, a week from today is Christmas Day. 
Will we be doing a show that day? Mm, Probably not. So when will we be doing a show? Listen for the end of the broadcast. We'll tell you when you can listen to us next week. All right. So the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown was uh, popping off again this past week. We had a great guest, Adam Grossman, uh, who has uh, placed very high in the Football Guys Players Championship before. He's got numerous satellite FPC and Dynasty titles to his name. We actually get into a little Dynasty fantasy football conversation in that. You can check that out at rotaviz.com slash podcast or anywhere you get podcasts. Farrell, this is my curse because here we are. I still got teams in contention to win titles this year. I'm already looking to rookie drafts in 2021. I'm already trying to figure out how I'm going to plot my dynasty strategy in 2021. We got two weeks of football left, man. It's, 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 it never ends, really. And you can get into dynasty leagues in Kentucky and compete against me. You can get into dynasty leagues in the FFPC. It, it's, it's so much fun. Fantasy football over the last half decade has truly become a year-round thing. Oh, it truly is, Bucky, and I I watch all these college games. There's some great college championships from what they've been able to piece together uh, in in the system of of what college football has been this year. Uh, tonight, it's the uh, it's the MAC, it's the MAC college championship, which always scores a million points. Ball State and <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo, uh, the Buffalo Bulls have the running back. Uh, his his last name is Patterson, and uh, he will be a uh, a Frank Gore type running back in the NFL with possibly similar success to James Robinson. Uh, watch him. Ball State on the other side has a corner named Phillips that looked better than anyone that the Raiders put on the field. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and Jarrett Patterson was the dude. I, I, what was it? Probably like less than a month ago, he had the um, the he, he had the second highest single game rushing total in FBS history uh, with 409 yards. He had eight touchdowns against Kent State. He is a special player. And by the way, his twin brother for Buffalo that same game, 13 solo tackles. So those Pattersons, the Patterson they know how to breed football players. Yeah, they yeah. And, and they absolutely did too, for sure. Um, so yeah, the MAC is always a lot of fun. We got Pac-12 action. We got Big Ten action. We got a ton of conference championship action. We'll be paying attention to that as well. If you do not want to quite look ahead to Dynasty yet, remember the world-famous FFPC Challenge is back. Uh, The Football Guys Playoff Challenge is back for year two. Now, the FFPC Playoff Challenge, over a million dollars in prizes, $500,000 to first place, $200 entry fee. Those registrations are already going on at myffpc.com. If you want to look for something a little bit smaller, maybe you want to get more teams in, do the Football Guys Playoff Challenge. That's only $35 to enter, and you can still win $100,000. Absolutely insane uh, turnout on that. Uh, last year, we expect the same. This year, so far, we've been getting it this year. Both those contests, myffpc.com. Thanks to football guys, Draft Sharks, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's Fantasy Flash. Big news out of New Orleans, Farrell. Adam Schefter has reported Drew Brees is going to be the starting quarterback for the Saints against Kansas City this week. Now, originally earlier this week, Sean Payton told the press that Drew Brees has, quote, a ways to go before he can get back out on the field as the full-time starter for New Orleans, but he named him as the starting quarterback for the Chiefs this week. Um, The Saints lost to the Eagles last week in disappointing fashion, thanks to a pretty good effort from Jalen Hurts uh, under center for the Eagles. But Taysom Hill will go to the bench temporarily. I'm sure he'll get in uh, for a few plays like he normally does. But Breeze will indeed be under center. Uh, He will be throwing to Alvin Kamara. He will be throwing to Jared Cook. He will not be throwing to Michael Thomas, who we found out is going to miss this game. 
So knowing what we know about Breeze, knowing that he won't have Michael Thomas Farrell, how comfortable would you be about Drew Breeze as a top 10, maybe a top 12 fantasy option for those players trying to get him back in their starting lineups this week? There is so much going on with this game. It's difficult to say. I would have to sit with that. You know, I went into the playoffs with three quarterbacks if I could get them rostered. And it um, it would be easy for me to look elsewhere. There's some there's some good matchup against guys that I wouldn't ordinarily play. All the fantasy players know who those guys are. Um, if I'm stuck with the idea of having to play Breeze, I try to comfort myself in the fact that it's going to be a chaser game. But I'm not so sure. You said Taysom Hill a few plays. You know, Taysom Hill... Six games this year with Breeze, more than 20% of the snaps. Chiefs struggle. Balky, if you look it up, Chiefs struggle um, against uh, running quarterbacks. And so I think we might have more heel uh, than we expect. And, and if, those ribs are, are, uh, if those ribs are hit again uh, with Drew Breeze, and if he, takes, if he takes some abuse in this game, um, it's it's an easier idea for this football team to put Taysom Hill right back in. So I'm I'm not very comfortable. We've talked about it before, and I haven't spent a lot of attention with other players uh, that, that have been injury prone. But I'm I'm not very comfortable with Breeze's health, uh, putting him out and maybe expecting him to finish this game. I know he's going to start it. I know he's a great competitor. Um, it's, it's, it's somewhat confusing. Of course, everybody with Kamara, they love the fact that Breeze returns to the lineup because they see double points with uh, with Breeze uh, than, than they do Hill. So, uh, yeah, there's just just so many players uh, affected by who's on the field here. Some some a net uh, a very substantive net gain. Others, it, it can be a wash. Uh, Hill has impressed me more so than I thought he would in the way that he's played the game. Uh, I think Hill, there's very good opportunities for him to flash against the Chiefs. I think we'll see him on the field. So, Yeah, no, I think you're right. And and when it comes back down to Breeze, too, I mean, you know, it's exciting to put him back in there. But, again, no Michael Thomas. I mean, who's he throwing to? Emmanuel Sanders, mm-hmm. Jared Cook. I mean, I mean you know, there, there's kind of limited upside – even in a potential shootout game, I think the total on that game was like 52 last time I looked at it. Um, but, you know, you look at Phillip Rivers against um, the Texans. You look at Ben Roethlisberger against the Bengals. Jalen Hurts against the Cardinals. I mean, Jared Goff against the Jets. These are all players that I think might have more of a ceiling than Drew Brees does against the Kansas City Chiefs, even in an advantageous matchup, especially when you bring up the whole Taysom Hill factor, Farrell. Good on you. I think that's something that fantasy owners have to consider as well. Speaking of other quarterback situations, Matthew Stafford did not practice today. Daryl Bevel, God bless Daryl Bevel, former mm. Wisconsin Badgers, great quarterback. Um, he said that Stafford doesn't need to practice at all this week in order to play on Sunday. Stafford is going to make the trip to Nashville to play against the Titans. And it sounds like, based on everything I've read and heard, that Stafford will be the starting quarterback against the Titans. Farrell, I'm, I'm curious just, I mean, because you know the potential of Stafford going out. You know the, that Chase Daniel would be the guy to step in. Does that change at all your plans on what you would be doing normally with Marvin Jones, with TJ Hawkinson in this matchup, or do they remain unchanged regardless of if Stafford goes out with an injury, if he's inactive, and Chase Daniel's the guy uh, that is going to be running that offense on Sunday? 
a difficult matchup for Stafford if he's healthy. He's such a competitor. You know, I, I love him as a player. And, and if he uh, if he plays, I'll go ahead and start my Marvin Jones because uh, I've benefited from it this year. You know what's really fascinating, um, and I'll go through this very, very quickly and then begin to talk about Chase Daniel. I have a lot of people say, how is Chase Daniel in the league? Bucky's about your height. He's six foot nothing, so really he's five eleven, you know, and he's he's and you know, we start the show. This is the answer to that question, because I have clients. I have clients ask me all the time that are out of work at the quarterback position, why is Chase Daniel in the league and this team's not working me out? We start our show by saying uh, very tongue in cheek and uh certainly not appropriate to my co host Eric Baldwin. Uh, quality podcaster that he is, but we say that no one else was available. And if you go back to when Chase Daniel entered this league in 2009, I want to give you quickly the quarterbacks that were drafted, okay? Mark Sanchez, Josh Freeman, Nate Davis, Tom Brandon Stater. Uh, he was out of Fresno, didn't last very long. Pat White. <laughs> Um, Stephen McGee, Stephen McGee was a backup at Dallas. All these guys went through the CFL. Curtis Painter was a late pick and, um, hung around with the Colts when Peyton was there. So, you know, he didn't do much work. Um, Chase Daniel, three-year contract this year, um, $13 million, half of it guaranteed. Tip the hat to my friend Jeff Nally with Select Sports down in Texas, a good agent to get that deal because if I'm a general manager signing Chase Daniel, I'm going to offer a minimum contract to him. Chase Daniel's been in the league 12 years. He's done for 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns, and six picks in 12 years. That's his entire resume. Uh, this is why Mrs. Firestone uh, with the Detroit Lions is discharging everyone from the front office and the coaching staff. And, you know, if Chase Daniel is your starting quarterback, and you are attempting to start your Detroit Lions, you should look in the mirror and discharge yourself. You should you should have someone else manage your team. Because, see, you got to be very, very careful. It's a game-time decision, not for one player like we were uh, with Keenan Allen. It's a game-time decision for the whole roster. Uh, and yeah. then running back, uh, even Hawkinson, um, it, yeah, I, I don't think, and, you know, I'm the guy that believes in next man up football, but with what we need in week 15, Chase Daniel won't deliver for your Detroit Lions that you need uh, a hobbled but competitive Matthew Stafford will. Um, so that's my take you on know, that. You know, and, Farrell, that I think those are all good points, and, and, and certainly I, I think that, you know, when it comes down to it, if you're – thinking about starting Marvin Jones or Hawkinson for $500,000 here with, with two weeks to go. Um, you, you may want to look elsewhere anyway, just real quick. And, and we, and we got Mike Jenks coming up here, the football guys players championship leader in just one minute before we get to him, Farrell, um, Frank Ragnow, you probably already saw this, the starting center for Detroit has a fractured throat. Yes, that's right. The Packers broke his mm. throat and he still played the last three quarters of the game. Good on you, Frank Ragnow. But he is um, maybe not going to be playing the game against uh, the Titans this week. And it, I think it comes back to DeAndre Swift, who probably will be playing in this game. How do you feel about DeAndre Swift, knowing that it could be Chase Daniel, uh, knowing that it could be a battered Matthew Stafford, and knowing that the Lions will not have the center 
uh, of their offensive line going this week. Are you still feeling okay about Swift, or is he a bench guy? No, he's been bench guy for me because I've had to keep him as a bench guy because of his injury situation. He flashes. But I, I don't think they're going to be in a situation in this game where he can develop um, any continuity, any consistency carrying the ball. So he may catch some things. He may flash a long run. Tennessee's defense improves when they begin to make plays. They're, they're a team that – they're a team that plays a lot off of rhythm and vibe and momentum. They'll make some plays against uh, Detroit. If it's Daniel, they'll make a lot of plays. If it's Stafford, they'll make some plays. Uh, Swift is not my guy, unless he's the only guy you have. Yeah, he's, he's sort of like a desperation type guy. I mean, I, I understand you want to increase the variance. You want to go for the super upside. How much upside is there for Swift with, you know, again – Less than optimal quarterback situation, definitely less than optimal offensive line situation, probably not much there. Um, Let's talk to our uh, guest tonight. I want to bring him in right now. He has been playing high-stakes fantasy football. Started six years ago, actually, but he's actually been cashing in leagues and DFS for almost 20 years. Already has more than four dozen high-stakes leagues titles to his name. He's looking for one of the biggest scores ever in his career this year as he is in the driver's seat for the half-million-dollar grand prize with two weeks to go in the 2020 Football Guys Players Championship. You follow him on Twitter, at JenksMike. And now we welcome him onto the show. Season's greetings to you. Mike Jenks, thanks for popping on with us tonight, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I know we are... We, we, yes, well, not not Jinx, Farrell. We're 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 talking because this is the worst thing I can hear on this on this show tonight. <laughs> is is somebody coming on, willing to come on and uh, and and fight the HSFFO or Jinx, as it were, uh, to to try to still win a half million dollar grand prize. So, Mike, I know there's there's a lot. You you listen. You've been to this rodeo before, trying to win these big prizes. Um, two weeks ago in this, you know, there's a lot of football left. But seeing your name sure. at the top of the leaderboard, he- heading into you know week week fifteen, it's got to be exciting to see that, right? What's that been like? Yeah, honestly, it's uh, you, you kind of just have to um, you know just play it down a little bit because obviously there's so much football yet to be played, um, and especially uh, Farrell was hurting my soul a little bit earlier, especially being a Bears fan, hearing uh, Chase Daniels stats because again that was. Uh, that was uh, seeing football last year was uh, was pretty brutal, and, and even some of this year. So, uh, but again, like I said, there's a uh, there's a lot of football to be played. I'm just uh, happy to be where I'm at with the team that I have, and and I'm I'm just pretty excited to see kind of how it all plays out. Well, we're excited to talk Mike. to you about uh, how how you think it's all going to play out tonight for sure, Mike. Uh, this is exciting to have you on. Um, the the I promise you, the entire duration of the, our interview tonight is going to be all about fantasy football. After we get this one question out of the way, when you are not dominating all these high stakes leagues and DFS and what have you, can you tell the listeners what you're doing for a living? Yeah, sure. Uh, I have actually been a physical therapist for about 13 years now with uh, athletical physical therapy. Um, so I am a facility manager and a, a physical therapist by trade. So. Um, it's nice to actually hear about uh, players' injuries and, and hear kind of uh, what they're going through because usually I can have a little bit of a one-up on, you know, how long that might take them to get back and where they're kind of at actually through the rehab process. So, See, that's, that's interesting to me advantage. because, 
Yeah, I totally feral. And that's what I was going to ask you next too. Uh, like before we get into fantasy football, you probably, you know, you see these injuries happen, you know, what the, what the medical teams are reporting, you know, what the teams are reporting. And you know, when they're saying, Oh, you know, it, it, it's going to be a long process. This is, we're talking like, you know, six to eight weeks. You might think, ah, you know, I saw this, I know this type of injury. It's more like a two to three week thing. Or on the flip side, when they're talking about like, yeah, he's day to day, he's going to be back soon maybe a Kenny Galladay type situation where you kind of knew like, uh, no, this is not a three-week situation. This guy's going to be out long. Uh, has that happened to you over your high-stakes fantasy football career where you've used that to your advantage? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously these players are super different than you or I. I mean, again, you know, you got people like Adrian Peterson that can come back on an ACL, you know, after four months or and and still dominate the league. Um, whereas, again, like you would think a, a midfoot sprain, um, that people can kind of get over uh, can actually cost a player a season, you know, and, and I think that especially for receivers that tend to like push off um, on a, on a midfoot sprain or even running backs. I mean, uh, some of those I kind of get wary of and I say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to kind of stay away from this player uh, or even um, someone like Joe Burrow, who again had a catastrophic knee injury and they're talking about, you know, more than a year as far as his rehab goes, you know, you kind of look at that, as far as dynasty and even, you know, next year and seeing kind of where you're at with that player. Cause again, it's, it, it, it changes your thoughts on where you draft them, you know? Um, and, and if you like, if you have a great quarterback to begin with and, and you might want to draft Burrow later on, I mean, that would be, you know, ideal, but definitely don't make him your first round or your first QB kind of off the board. Farrell, I know you, know, you want to talk to, 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 um, to Mike about uh, the chiefs here real quick before you do that real quick. Now that, now that I know we have a physical therapist, um, a guru in our midst, the Saquon Barkley injury that we saw earlier in the year, is that going to dissuade you from drafting him in the first round or maybe the first half of the first round in 2021, Mike? What do you, what do you think about that Barkley knee injury? Yeah, you know, it's kind of same thing. I mean, like he uh, – coming out of college, I mean, uh, he was, you know, that prototypical running back. I mean, he was probably closer to Adrian Peterson than – really anybody that you can think of in, in past history. And, uh, you know, there were a couple of times, again, watching him play again, like he would cut and it would just look awkward um, to me. Um, so, again, like I, I've always thought that, that his running style had just a little bit too I – don't, I don't even want to say too aggressive because, again, like you look at Derrick Henry and you think to yourself, like there isn't a too aggressive when it comes to, you know, what we're <laughs> seeing right now with him. Uh, but, like, you know, there was just something about him that – I just didn't really want to touch. And um, I, I, I barely had any Saquon this year, to be honest with you. If I came up with the second overall pick, um, I was going kind of more, um, I, I mean, it, it, it all depended kind of how, which leagues I'm in and, and if it was like a full point PPR. But I mean, Camara just sounded much more interesting to me at that spot um, versus like a Barkley who didn't really have the best offense to kind of go off of and, and to kind of go through. So um, I'm, I'm probably going to go through the same thing next year and just, you know, if, uh, you know, if, if he's rising up draft boards and he's like, you know, still, you know, second or third overall, I mean, I, I really have to look at the other players at that time and see kind of what the training reports look like. But yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of uh, year after ACL players. I, I just am not. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And, you know, watching players move, is what it's all about. I had an old scout that lined me up when I was a very, very young sports agent. He said, you know, stay away from the ball. Look, look at what everyone's moving. Look how quickly they move. But when they do move fast, 
see how much ground they cover without a lot of effort. And I've noticed that about Barkley, too. I certainly couldn't uh, so eloquently describe uh, what I did notice, but it uh, looked like a little hitch, for lack of a better word, for me. You guys that are doing very, very well this year, there's something that I've noticed um, that that is almost um, regular – um, practice amongst all of you. And I, I want to know if it's very, very common for you to do throughout your drafts. But you've had success with stacking uh, players, and there was no more successful stack uh, this year than than uh, Travis Kelsey and uh, and Hill. Can you – was that something that you, you planned? I've done it before, but generally it ends up being by accident. Is, is that something that you planned for in attacking a draft? Yeah, you know, I, honestly, it wasn't. I mean, again, when you look at, um, I mean, when I go into a draft, I mean, the, the biggest thing that I, I want to do is is kind of find value, you know, wherever that value mm-hmm. kind of occurs. And, again, in, in this particular draft, again, um, I, I got Kelsey, Kelsey in the first round. I mean, again, because of such a high uh, value this uh, type of format puts on tight ends, and then, you know, coming back in that second round, I mean, Tyreek was still there. So I'm like, okay, you know, um, it was between Tyreek and, and um, uh, Godwin. And, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, again, when you have uh, another receiver in that in that um, midst, again, like I, I would wholeheartedly take Tyreek, you know, any day of the week. So, uh, again, um, and, and to be honest with you, again, like I, I kind of experiment. I mean, I, I do a couple different ones. You know, obviously, I, I, you know, some days I'll go running back heavy, heavy and then other times I'll, I'll really uh, hit up the um, kind of not necessarily zero running backs. I, I don't think you can do that nowadays, but um, at least, you know, r- uh, receiver and tight end heavy in the beginning of the draft and, and kind of see which one plays out uh, better. For me, at least this year, I mean, it's been a little bit more of the um, – kind of not the zero running back, but again, like the, the uh, receiver and tight end heavy uh, tended to work out a whole ton better for me this year, but not to say that's going to be the same case every year, but I think this year in particular, it was uh, pretty fortuitous to do it that way. Hey, uh, this is interesting. Um, uh, Mike, that you talk about the, the zero running back. And so you are not a believer in this. You don't think zero running back is ever a way to go. Talk a little bit about why, this is a strategy that you will not apply in your high stakes drafts. Yeah. I mean, I, I think again, when you, when you leave points on the table, um, it, it's going to be hard. Um, so, I mean, again, when you're not getting a, a running back in, at least in the first four rounds, I mean, that, that changes kind of your whole philosophy of drafting. Um, again, I, I think if you draft a little bit earlier um, on, so, I mean, again, uh, depending on when sites open, I would say, it's, it's a little easier to draft a, a zero running back philosophy because, again, you can have some really uh, late players that can kind of bloom for you uh, versus, again, when you start getting closer to the season, again, you know, everybody reads the same reports and everybody's kind of onto the same players. So, again, uh, the people like, you know, uh, Jonathan Taylor and, you know, all those other people just rise up the draft board so that, in general, the, the zero running back philosophy just, you know, it, it's a lot harder. Um, so I would say, again, if you're, if you're drafting early, I mean, it's a little bit, easier to do that that way but again like yeah it's really hard now to you know especially in in a league like this where again you're trying to get at least 20 points from every player um you know it's Mm -hmm. it's hard you can't you can't do that with you know 
I, 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 I would throw up some bad uh, running back names, but I, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to say anything bad about people. But again, you know, you don't necessarily have. I'll send you my roster. And you're reading my, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the, okay, so this is good. Now we got some zero RB insight here from Mike Jenks, the leader in the Football Guys Players Championship. One of the other things that I have always done historically, this is even before it was a thing, before I really knew waiting on quarterbacks was a strategy for high state. I've been doing this since the mid-90s. But I love to wait on quarterbacks when you only have to draft, well, when you only have to start one. You did it in this draft where you're first place overall. You got Josh Allen in the 10th round and Aaron freaking Rodgers, who might be the – the the, um, mm. the the uh, the leading contender for MVP in the 12th round this year. Josh Allen in the 10th, Aaron Rodgers in the 12th. Insane. So you saw how this team turned out. How likely is it that you'll go early quarterback in your drafts next year? Non-existent? You'll try it in a few? Or how, how, how are you sort of playing this, Mike, when you look to, to 2021, given how this draft played out? Yeah, I mean, looking at, at my previous drafts, I mean, even – talking about last year again like I, I honestly thought some of the value was getting someone like Patrick Mahomes in like the third or fourth round and, and again that just didn't work out I mean he obviously got injured um, who knows what the injury without an injury what that year would have looked like for him but I mean again it just didn't work out I mean again just my teams just didn't look as good and as solid as if you kind of wait a little bit on quarterback um, but again like when you wait on quarterback it's got to be the right quarterback like you can't wait and get Daniel Jones you know because again like that's right. what just kills your team um and i think you know being a chicago fan man like <laughs> uh I, I, again seeing aaron Rodgers every single time count this man out he'll come back at you like a hundred times over and spite you and make sure that you, you have had the worst day ever and i think that you know when his team drafted a quarterback in the first round and he broke up with a girlfriend before the year i was like sign me up Aaron Rodgers, every every team I can get him in, um, I, I just I, I just had I, I had a feeling, man, this man was going to go nuts, and uh, you know I, I I'm happy I did. Again, a lot of my teams that that just won regular season uh, the you know leagues uh, had Aaron Rodgers as my top quarterback, and and again he's he's been phenomenal this year. So I, I definitely think that you know sometimes real life has a little bit to do with fantasy football, and I, I definitely think that this is one one of those times where you know some of those off season reports and news stories, I was like, okay, you know, this man's going to be on a mission this year. I don't really care what anybody else says as far as them running the ball or just where he was at this last season. I just was all in. See, you read between the lines and that's what makes a, a champion. Some of some people, because I think cause Rogers, uh, the nonsense about him not being able to work uh, with the coaching staff and, and there being a, a rift between them, and people played that up too much. That was a non-story and a non-thing. Uh, you know, you draft. You're, you know, you're a true veteran of, of high-stakes fantasy football. Your your name is famous. You are the proverbial butter and toast from coast to coast. Everybody knows who you are. So, for those of us that have not had that level of success. You've you've given us a good platform to go with. But how would you wrap it up and sum it up? It's the best thing to do to win. Uh, you, you're saying you need 20 points from from each player. That's one way. You're, you're saying you need to to know uh, how to manage these rosters. Uh, just just kind of wrap it up for us and say, you know, 
winners, guys still trying to win, guys that are already thinking about next year. What would you tell them to do? Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're talking about just drafting, I would definitely say, you know, tier your players. Um, you know, make sure, again, you don't necessarily, uh, you know, try not to put numbers on your players, but, like, tier them. You know, get get different tiers of, of you know, here's the, the first, uh, you know, group of receivers taken. Here's the first group of running backs taken. And if those are taken, you know, who are you taking after that? Um, I think that uh, when you tier them, it kind of gives you a little bit better of an idea of what you want to do kind of with your draft when it comes to you. Um, again, like numbers are sometimes arbitrary, and I think that when you tier them, you can kind of give it yourself an idea of, you know, where you want to go. Um, you know, obviously the weight on QB, again, but finding the right QB, I think that that's huge. Um, you know, all my winning teams had a, somewhat of a decent quarterback all year long. Um, whether that be, you know, a Josh Allen or an Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, having that ability to fall back on a really good quarterback and, and, and gain the points when maybe some of your other team doesn't. Um, and I would say, you know, know your systems, know your, and, and again, it's so funny when people don't necessarily look at offensive lines, but I mean, it's really important when it comes to some of the running backs, you know, early on, like, you know, is it a plug and play philosophy? You know, it, you know, when you have someone go down like Christian McCaffrey, will it be a plug and play situation with a Mike Davis or, you know, you know, is it going to be a Fournette situation? You know, like, what is it, you know, what is it going to be? Um, and I think that for, for me, um, you know, you just kind of have to um, look at the new systems that are being in place, you know, early on, uh, put your research in. I mean, I think that that's the, it, it's sometimes hard, but I mean, again, when, when there's so much information out there, it's, it's figuring out which sites really work for you and which, which uh, things really um, speak to you as far as, you know, like who's giving you the best advice. You're listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott talking to the 2020 Football Guys Players Championship leader, Mike Jenks, here as we head into week 15 of the championship round. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at this, which, by the way, we should, we should probably bring up a chat from uh, probably our number one fan in the chat room right now, Kern Reeve, who plays not only oh, in yeah. the FFPC, but in the KFFSC as well. And he actually wanted to know if I can find it here as, as I'm scrolling back. Maybe I scrolled back too far for his question. But uh, here it is. So Michael Thomas, we, guys, we all know he's not going to play this week. But we do know Drew Brees is playing this week. What about Emmanuel Sanders as a flex option in football guys leagues, FFPC main event leagues? Mike, I pose this question to you. Does Sanders register for you this week? Or are you kind of looking elsewhere at the receiver or the flex position given what Sanders has done over the course of the season. Yeah. You know, and again, like this all depends on kind of leagues, you know, if it's a PPR, you know, or are we talking just daily fantasy, um, you know, from, from my standpoint, again, like I know Drew Brees is going to really, you know, uh, look to Camara a, a little bit more versus, you know, an Emmanuel Sanders type. Um, so again, like I'm probably like bumping up once I hear Drew Brees is playing again, I'm bumping up Camara in my rankings versus, um, and Emmanuel Sanders, um, because again, like I just, I think he has more of an affinity to the tight end as well as the running back. Um, so again, if you have a different option, I would probably would go with that. Um, something again, if you're talking about daily, more like, you know, a Brandon Ayuk situation. Cause again, how many targets that that man's going to get, uh, coming this weekend. Um, uh, but again, like I would probably have to know maybe some of the other, um, receivers in his league, but I, again, like I, I would probably look elsewhere from Emmanuel Sanders. It's uh, something you have to consider. Every team is different, and we try to help out all the teams 
you know, this time of year in uh, in the FFPC uh, as much as we can. But when you can, when you have to use the and and I totally agree with Mike here. When you have to use the crutch of like, well, it kind of depends upon your team. You know, he's not a must start. You know, he's not a top twenty guy, but he could be valuable depending upon your other options. Kind of stuff that we were weighing last night, us Keenan Allen owners, in knowing whether to start him or not. I want to get to this question here for you, Mike. You are up in the Football Guys Players Championship by roughly 20 points. It's right between 19 and 20 points. Knowing that you are leading this competition by that much, has that affected your lineup setting strategy at all? Um, Are you still trying to be aggressive, still trying to increase variance, still trying to widen your league at this point, trying for big leagues at at, at the uh, big weeks? at the expense of, of maybe not having a great scoring week? Or, you know, are you trying to set a safer lineup? Or does none of that come into play when you're this high up in the competition? Yeah, this team is kind of different. Again, like I don't have such a deep bench. Um, you know, when you talk about Ronald Jones having going down with an injury again, like it, it kind of uh, uh, changes, you know, what your, your lineup style looks like. Um, and, Again, you know, I would definitely say that it's not as, uh, you know, crazy decisions uh, as far as my week goes. Again, um, I think the, the, the hardest decision for me, at least in this week, is, you know, do I do Josh Allen or, or Aaron Rodgers? And, again, it's, um, it, you know, it's, I, I feel like that's a, a, decent, uh, <laughs> a decent problem to have. So, again, uh, but, again, I wouldn't say that there's any kind of, um, you know, harder lineup decisions. But, I mean, overall, I mean, my advice would be, you know, go for, you know, safety with upside rather than, you know, uh, receivers or running backs with, like, huge variances. You know, uh, people like um, Slayton who, you know, can score you, you know, 20 points or two points. You know, I think that those are the players that you kind of have to look to bench, right, in in these type of weeks. Um, Because, again, it's just not – it's not worth it for your team to have a two-pointer go off as far as your, your receiver goes. Well, I got a question for you. You take in, in the running backs with uh, with the virus raising its ugly head uh, in Tampa, and, and Ronald Jones not being available. So now we go and, and take a look. You mentioned him earlier uh, with Fournette, and you know I go back to Fournette when he has had multiple carries. I think I think he's done very well. I don't have him rostered anywhere, but he he looked good to me. I added it up in weeks two, week seven, and week eight when he actually gets some work. He's averaging over five yards a carry the rest of the year, very little action. So is this a player uh, that you feel that you might be able to get those 20 points out of uh, that you say you need to to keep progressing through the leaderboard and find yourself on top? Yeah, you know, I think Fournette is so hard to predict. I mean, he was a healthy scratch last week, um, you know, and yes. most of the uh, coach talk this week is just more so um, that, you know, they're prepping him to be the starter. Um, and mm-hmm. I think, the, the like I was talking about earlier, I think, you know, it, this is definitely not necessarily a system that's a plug-and-play. You know, it's not a Vikings. It's not a Panthers. So, you know, I, I definitely expect um, McCoy, um, and actually, you know, uh, Vaughn, maybe to a very lesser extent to get a couple of, of those carries and almost vulture a little bit of some of the touches off of, uh, Fournette. Um, McCoy looked good last week. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's not vintage McCoy, but I mean, he looked, you know, a decent enough to where, again, I think he's probably going to warrant a couple touches. Um, so when you have that kind of, uh, uh, a game, and again, you're, you're talking about a Falcons team that, you know, even though they're a horrible defense, they still will put up some points. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily know if it's a game script where you're going to just run Fournette 
you know, 25 to 30 times, like that might be uh, more of a passing game for Brady where you kind of look into some of those receivers to have bigger games than you are to Fournette. So, um, you know, I think it's all about game script and, and trying to predict that. I think that's sometimes the hardest part of this whole, you know, uh, uh, industry is to try to actually predict what's going to happen in the game. But I mean, again, for me, I, I would, again, try to go elsewhere if you, if you have a different option, but again, you know, this is, this is injury time. You know, if you have Fournette and, and uh, you have nothing else, I mean, again, he's kind of around some of those, um, you know, RB threes for me um, at this point um, in, in the, in this week. So I, again, I might be wrong on that, but again, I, I definitely think that, uh, you know, I would go elsewhere. Talking to the leader in the uh, Football Guys Players Championship here as we head into Week 15, it is Mike Jenks talking uh, to both me and Farrell Elliott here in the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. It's interesting, uh, Mike, that that we get you on because you know we're, we're talking about well, what did you get right? What who did you draft correctly? Who did you start correctly? Who did you blind bid on correctly? But I also want to kind of shift the conversation to not only who did you get right in your evaluation this year um, as far as players that are crushing it, that you drafted in a lot of spots, um, players that have been stinking that you have nowhere. Who did you get right in your evaluations um, in the, uh, in the drafting process in 2020? Yeah. I, I mean, we talked a little about, about him earlier. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is kind of top of my list. I think that, you know, it, it just again, seeing kind of the writing on the wall, I just felt like he was going to have a bigger year than, than people were giving him credit for. Um, I would definitely say um, Calvin Ridley, I guess, to start at the beginning of the year, um, maybe not as much, you know, towards the middle or even now, but again, like I feel like he was setting, setting the league ablaze the, the first couple of weeks. Um, I definitely have him in, in uh, some of my leagues. Um, as well as, you know, I, I feel like Allen Robinson, you, you kind of have that kind of, uh, you know, uh, that, that floor, uh, which, again, you kind of need from a receiver. Again, because the <laughs> the Chicago offense has been so brutal um, to watch these last couple weeks. Um, you know, I guess less, less the last couple weeks, more the middle of the season. Um, I think that that was hurting, uh, hurting my soul. But, again, I think that uh, uh, those are kind of the players that I feel like I, I definitely got right. Um, I would say um, my my wrong um, portion of this was more so where I, I mean I I think I listened a little bit too much to the Derrick Henry haters um, you know the people that thought that you know the, in PPR settings that this man was not going to repeat um, what he did last year and uh, you know you can just see where he's at you know even though he might not catch a lot of passes I mean again a- any given week he can go for over 200 yards and uh, you know I, I think that it's that that was one that I kind of I have have him in a couple of leagues, but I would definitely say I wish I had him more, um, just based on the production and where he's at. Um, I would say you know uh, maybe even Darren Waller too. I would probably would have wanted him a little bit more in some of my leagues. Um, I think that you know obviously seeing what he did uh, on Thursday night, I mean just um, he's capable of that. A game in game out, he's just a beast. And uh, you know Carr looks to him very frequently and. Again, I, I missed that one a little bit because I think that, that he was probably uh, a value where you kind of got him in most drafts and maybe even the, the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds. Boy, when you have a Waller and a Kelsey and those type of guys, you don't have a lot of tough decisions. Uh, you yeah. know, and I don't think your quarterback decision is a tough decision. You you might, uh, between uh, between Rodgers and Allen, it, it, it's a uh, – 
you can overthink it perhaps, but either way you're you're going to be all right. So you're you're you've been through this season and now this weekend and next weekend is so very very important. Do you have a difficult decision? Are you like some of the rest of us? Are you are you struggling with something? Man, um, honestly, no. I think um, probably in um, some of my other leagues, I would say um, figuring out the uh, San Francisco running back situation. I think that um, whether or not to uh, to um, bench um, you know Wilson or even start him based on kind of some of the reports that we've got so far that looks like it might um, have you know a healthy uh, running back um, come out I, I just don't know what to do in that situation I you know I listen I, I think it's one of those things where it's like um, when you get to this point of the season um, the lineup sort of set themselves and, and that's that's not always true I mean sometimes you do have to make tough decisions we all have to make tough. We all had to make tough Keenan Allen decisions last night. And um, yeah. <laughs> as much as I say, I'm like, well, oh, I've made my peace with it. I still kind of regret it a little bit, given what what well, could have happened. If you're first uh, out of ten thousand and eight hundred teams, then it's probably not. As you're tough. doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's probably. I guess that was a dumb question by me, but you know, I, mean, it, 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 I wonder sometimes. I look at the roster and I say, well, he had two first round draft picks. No, you can't. He didn't. He didn't have two first round draft picks. That's against the rules. I mean, it's just a wonderful job. And I, but, but you know, anyone. Anyone can make mistakes with a wonderful job. You didn't, and uh, good for you. I hope you keep it up. I appreciate that. Um, Thank let, you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And and we're we're going to keep praising you, Mike. I I do want to get to a couple of, of emails here before we we got to cut you loose here um, from listeners that that wrote in wanting to get your expert opinion on this. This first one's from George in Mount Kisco, New York. He writes, "Hey, Mike, if Antonio Gibson is indeed active this weekend, do you play him?" Or do you fade all Washington running backs in your starting lineups? Keep crushing football, guys, dude. That is George in Mount Kisco, New York. Now, Gibson came back. I think he got a limited practice in today, so there is a chance he could play. But, Mike, what's your sort of take on the Washington running back situation if Gibson is up and playing for Washington this week? Yeah, I mean (laughs) – Bar, like not injury related whatsoever, but again, like I, I love Gibson this year. I mean, he uh, just some of his running style, the way he was actually going about it. I mean, again, he, uh, I mean, I was rostering him in, in a lot of daily fantasy sites and, and doing, you know, fairly well with him um, in my lineups. Um, you know, I, I think the tough part about it is, you know, we kind of have to keep looking at the um, the reports and seeing kind of if he, he's going to be there. Um, you know, JD McKissick um, has been, fairly serviceable as a, you know, PPR running back. I mean, he's getting, you know, three to four to five uh, receptions per game and turning him into something. Um, so I think that uh, it makes kind of Gibson's job to be more valuable for you a, a little bit harder. Um, so, I mean, I do think, again, he, he if he is in, uh, you know, it, it's probably hard to find a better, you know, uh, replacement right now in your lineup. Um, so I would probably say, again, if he is starting, I would have to play him. Um, but, I mean, again, like, uh, it, it, it depends. You know, I wish I, I saw this guy's lineup to see kind of where he would be at. Um, but I would say, you know, that would be my, my thought. If, if he's playing, I would start him. Because, again, um, he, he is another running back that I feel like can, can go off as far as um, for your points. 
Yeah, he could. And that's something that we will be watching closely as it gets to be Sunday and figure out if Gibson is indeed active. Um, This is a Saturday night question for anybody who's listening to the show live or streaming it tomorrow while you're watching whatever college football um, uh, conference championship of your choice, Pac-12, whatever, uh, Big Ten. Roger, Bellsville, Maryland. He writes, what's up, Mike? Assuming Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel are all available on Saturday night, which of the three would you be good with among your Week 15 starters? That is Roger in Bellsville, Maryland. Thank you for the email, Roger. Are you good with all of them? Are you good with any of them? Um, assuming that they are all active off the COVID list, Mike, how, how do you sort of play this uh, with these Panthers receivers? Yeah, you know, I think Robbie has been kind of giving you week in, week out production. You know, like he's kind of that been been your you know uh, saving grace through through this whole process. So again, like I think you kind of go with what got you here, and and that's going to be Robbie Anderson. Um, you know, obviously with DJ Moore, um, same same kind of thing. I mean, you, he could go for you know seven one twenty, um, but again, I think that. Um, when you're looking at it and what got you to this point, I mean, go with Robbie Anderson. Um, but again, you know, when, with the, with the other stuff, I think it's, uh, with the other two receivers, again, I don't have a lot of DJ Moore. I mean, just looking at his, uh, playing style and kind of like how, um, uh, you know, what his stature is again, like I, I, I would, I, I usually, when I draft, I kind of draft for more Robbie Anderson's build and, and type. Um, so I think that, you know, when you're talking about this week and just overall, I mean, I'm going Robbie Anderson any day of the week. Um, Farrell, you have one final question, and, and then we I want to get to as many listener emails as we can. And we've taken up enough of Mike's time here on, on Friday. He's got to get back to scheming his way to keeping this Football Guys mm-hmm. Players Championship lead <laughs> into Week 16. One final question for him, though. Uh, good, sir. Oh, it's my favorite question. It's, it's the reason I do the show, Mike. Your bust. <laughs> I want to know your bust. You gave us an idea of, of who hasn't worked for you this year. But I, I want I want you to give us uh, your bust this weekend and and um, your sleeper. It's a guy everybody's going to start. You're not going to start him because he'll bust. And the sleeper is somebody that is just out of nowhere and, and could deliver uh, a team moving up the boards. Uh, moving up to leaderboard in week 15. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly will start with my bust. I, I, and we t- I talked about him earlier. I think Fournette's going to be my bust. Um, you know, I don't think it, this um, game script is actually going to look like um, what everybody thinks. Again, I think, it, it, you know, it, it's going to be a little bit more of a shootout. I, I predict mm-hmm. more um, receiver kind of points um, for Tampa uh, versus uh, more of the running back. Um, so I, I would say that that would probably be my bust. Um, I, and I don't know how much we have sleepers nowadays um, with right. some of the, the news we've kind of got. But um, And, again, thankfully he's on my team. But I, I will wholeheartedly say for uh, uh, Daily Fantasy, I mean, star Brandon Ayuk, I, I really think he's going to have uh, yeah. playing against uh, a Dallas defense um, probably being somewhat shadowed by, you know, Rashard Robinson. I think that, you know, I, I, he's had um, over 49 targets in the last four games. I, I honestly think he's going to be um, a, a beast this week. So uh, I'm hoping against hope again, <laughs> because he's in my lineup, I think he's going to be great. Uh, but I think that just from a, from a daily standpoint, start Brandon Ayuk. See, I love that because Ayuk is a, a real contributor to most teams and you have him as your sleeper. So that's a good thing that that shows again, uh, <laughs> the success 
they, they, that you're having. But, I mean, you killed it tonight, brother. I'm telling you, I don't know if I'm going to let you get away and tell you if it's a sleeper. Because if you <laughs> if you think he's a sleeper, then you might be sleeping. I'm not, but I tell you. All what, right, I'm all right, I, I, I can give you a couple other ones. I, I mean, I, I'll probably no, say no, I'm satisfied with that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be, we'll be <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not satisfied. Go. I'm not satisfied. All right, let's so, hear it. Well, let's hear the real sleeper. See, he was holding out on us, Balky. Mike was holding out on us, and I got him to come with the real thing now. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, you know, I would say Russell Gage this weekend, too. Um, again, Julio Jones is not playing. Um, I think Russell Gage is going to go for at least seven or eight targets uh, from Matt Ryan. Like I said, it's going to be a little bit more of a shootout. This is probably going to be more of a high-scoring game. Um, you know, I, I would definitely say that's kind of a, a nice one to kind of put in your lineup. Um, uh, set it, forget it. I, I do think you're going to get a couple, uh, uh, possibly even a touchdown out of him. Um, I, I think he's going to be really good in, in your lineups. And he's probably only going to be rostered in about, you know, 5% of leagues when you're talking about daily too. So, um, I like it. There's another uh, one. Boggy, hold on. He's got another one. You, you okay, got go ahead, one. Mike. You said two. Oh no, I didn't say two. I, I could probably again, I could probably come up with more for you. But again, those are those are my two uh, two ones that I, I kind of like. Um, you know, I, We've I, I would say again, the expert. Good job. <laughs> I like Russell Gage. Russell Gage is a sleeper. He's a, between the two. If Russell Gage scores a touchdown this weekend, you win the sleeper contest for the year. So <laughs> there you go, Mike. Listen, yeah. um, this, I, was, I, yeah. this this was so much fun. Um, I, 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 Farrell and I brought this up last week and, and the previous couple of weeks. A lot of times when we get to early to mid December, we get a lot of people gun shy about coming on the show. Cause I think they're going to jinx themselves and they're not going to win big money. Um, which I mean, who knows? Uh, there, there's two weeks of football left. There's a lot of football left to be played. We certainly appreciate uh, a man of your ilk coming on this show. Uh, a guy sure. who's already won four-plus dozen high-stakes fantasy football league championships, a guy who's had a lot of success in the fantasy football industry. Um, so awesome to hear your insight. Very entertaining stuff from you tonight. We will all follow you on Twitter at JenksMike um, and uh, certainly are rooting for you the rest of the way as you try to bring home a half-million-dollar grand prize in the Football Guys Players Championship. Don't be a stranger. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the rest of uh, of week 15. Good luck the rest of the way. And hopefully we'll talk to you again soon, dude. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I mean, I love talking about fantasy football and football in general. So uh, you guys have a great holiday. and Thank you so much. Good thank luck, you. Mike. Season's greetings. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to Mike Jenks, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Jenks. Mike uh, Farrell, good stuff from him tonight as, uh, oh, you know, yeah. uh, very, very he, forthcoming. He, 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 yeah, you know, and and he yeah he leaves he brings it all and and he uh, although he was holding back on us on that sleeper <laughs> we got it but you know it, Jinx J E N C K E S now you know we I'm going to invite Mike along with all the guys that come on the show to come to come play in Kentucky and you know we give all those trophies out and he's likely to win one and I got to get the spelling down J E N C K E S we're going to make sure. Let- that we get that right on the trophy. I, I will make sure I get that right. I'm going to send that over to you as well as the last couple of guests because we want to make Kentucky as rich as possible for um oh, for that be great. the best in the world. Yes, for sure. Um, and uh, we, we don't need me winning any more leagues there. Which, by the way, I... Why I don't we... I, now, now, hold on. 
We have a just very, very quickly. You are doing very, very well, both in the main event live draft. You did well, and you are uh, you place teams in the run to daylight, our spring leagues uh, run to daylight and checkered flag, which we had in the middle of the COVID shutdown, and, and they were a blast to draft in. And you're you're in the run for one or two five thousand dollar prizes. You're doing great, Bucky. Everybody needs to know that. Uh, that you are uh, making your home in Kentucky well worth it. I'm, yeah, it's been a, I've never played as many Kentucky leagues as I have this year, for sure. Already got two main event titles, uh, league titles to my name. Um, I'm leading um, one of the dynasty leagues. I have several dynasty leagues in contention. We'll see what happens there. And, yeah, the Parnelli-Jones division in the um, checkered flag, um, I'm doing really well in, too, thanks to Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara. So, I'm, you know, fingers crossed that, that we make it a banner year in 2020. Um, and we're, we're really rooting for everybody in, in 2020 here. Oh, uh, you know, whether you're playing in Kentucky and the football guys and the FFPC, we're going to try to help out everybody as much as we could. Now, I know we're up against it here, and, and we, sh- we should cut it off right now. I want to help as many people as we can. So, Farrell, I'm going to go rapid fire on a bunch of these things and, and just go, you know, uh, sort, sort of quick and dirty on this. We already talked okay. about Julio Jones being out for week 15 against Tampa. Should you look for somebody else other than Russell Gage, or does he make an interesting flex this week? Our experts already told us to play Russell Gage. We're playing Russell Gage. Play Russell Gage as a flex this week uh, without Julio Jones against Tampa, their pass defense, who has been exposed over the last few weeks. David Johnson um, is expecting to be fully in fully ready to go, getting lion's share touches this week against Indianapolis. That is according to Sarah Barshop on Twitter. He was in close contact of someone with COVID in week 14, so he didn't play. But you look at week 15 against Indianapolis, he catches passes, Farrell. Is, is this a guy that you've got to find a way to flex out in FFPC leagues? No, sir. Uh, the Texans, God bless them. Uh, Indy number five against the run. Uh, the, the number 12 against the running back. Uh, 32nd rushing offense for the Texans with Deshaun Watson, <laughs> 32nd rushing offense. Um, no. And, and by the way, we must, I must, as we're talking about running backs, I know we're going quickly. Uh, last week, um, uh, Miles Sanders, uh, I said start, uh, I, I said start our, our good friend, uh, McKissick at running back and, and Sanders had had the big run. Uh, the rest of the game, very typical of what I thought what he would do in the game. Uh, but sometimes you can just sometimes something can just happen uh, to score big points and make it worthwhile. I don't think I'm going to be wrong two weeks in a row. Don't start David Johnson. There you go. Don't start David Johnson. I can get on board with that for sure. You know, an interesting question that came up in emails this week, David North Canton, Ohio, has a similar question that we had last week. He says, I know we'll find out more about Mostert later this week, but if he's out, do I start Jeff Wilson over Ezekiel Elliott? Thanks, guys. Thank you for the email, David North Canton, Ohio. We know Mostert is going to be a full go, according to Kyle Shanahan. So Mm -hmm. in this case, you have to play Elliott over Wilson, right, Farrell? You, yes, you play Elliott over Wilson. You, I think if you had asked the question, do you play Zeke over Mostert, I'm going with Mostert. Sounds like must start. I go with Mostert. Zeke, no rushing yeah. uh, TDs since week five. Uh, nursing a calf injury uh, issue. What, really, what would have been really, really good for players if they had set Zeke down 
and said, Zeke, you're over with for this year. They would play Pollard. A lot of guys have Pollard. Uh, they would they could see what they had in Pollard as a fantasy player. That hasn't happened. Uh, Zeke looks like upper single digits again to me. I, I think I'm with you here. Um, Sigmund Bloom was talking about one of the football guys podcast this week. He's like, it only takes one play for Raheem Mostert to go 80 yards against that Alice yep. Cowboys defense. And I call it the Alice Cowboys defense because there is no D in Dallas this year. So it makes sense that you would play Mostert over Elliott. I think I'm with you on that. Dennis in Pleasantville, New Jersey. I saw the movie Pleasantville. I didn't realize it was a real place. But according to Dennis, oh, yeah. he lives there in New Jersey. Tyler Boyd carried me through a lot of weeks this season, but the Joe Burrow injury really has hurt him. Would either of you guys play Tim Patrick over Boyd this week? Uh, Farrell, we talked about Tim Patrick earlier in the show. Are you strong enough to play Tim Patrick over Tyler Boyd in week 15? If you really believe he can keep up that touchdown productivity, it may be so. But Tyler Boyd is the stud of the Cincinnati offense. And, uh, you know, he's got 78 catches so far. He got them with another quarterback. Brandon Allen is the guy. Brandon Allen is one of those serviceable backups. And I know one thing. Brandon Allen is going to survive this Pittsburgh defense. This guy be playing with a chip on his shoulder. He's going to look to his number one option often. Tyler Boyd will have a game in a chaser game against Pittsburgh. They get it right. Uh, I think they're a 13-point favorite. Um, they may not cover that point spread, but uh, if they don't, it's because Tyler Boyd scoring touchdowns. I think I'm a Tyler Boyd guy here. There's a lot of young receivers that Drew Locke can throw to. He does like Tim Patrick around that goal line, though. Yeah, and, well, and he does, but um, he threw the, the two bit. well, I guess those weren't around the goal line, but he threw the two big touchdowns to K.J. Hamler last week. Uh, yep. To your point, Tyler Boyd is a 13-point underdog this week. You've got to believe that whether it's Brandon Allen, whether it's Ryan Finley, they're going to be pumping the ball to Tyler Boyd this week uh, as well. I think I am leaning towards Boyd over Patrick this week as well. This next email, Bill in Chantilly, Virginia, dear Graham and Ditka, has Cole Komet's uptick in targets given you enough of a nudge to start him over Jared Cook this week with or without Breeze? Merry Christmas, guys. That is Bill in Chantilly, Virginia. Merry Christmas to you, Bill. Thank you for listening. Thank you for emailing. We know Breeze will be in the game this week against Kansas City. Farrell, is that enough for you to start Cole Komet over Jared Cook? No, no, no. Uh, Cook Cook is the one player that has benefited and, and played well and found the end zone with both quarterbacks. He's not with a sit-it-and-forget-it tight end. But, you know, in the last two games, three catches in each game and a touchdown, the Chiefs struggle against the tight end. Tight ends have hit them for six touchdowns this year, and they defend the they defend the wide receiver very, very well. So, consequently, you, you're losing Thomas here. Uh, you, you've got you got plenty of question marks uh, on the Saints team. Uh, the tight end is going to be open on, and he's going. I look for like five and eighty and one TD um, uh, from Cook, and, and that will reward all the people that believed in him. Now, Komet, Komet's a hell of a player. You might consider uh, the, the dual flex this weekend. He's seven targets in each of his last two games. This guy is six. Six bulk. He looks taller uh, at the combine, 37 inch vertical. I mean, even Trubisky can't overthrow this guy. This is the one. <laughs> this, this is this is the one bear that's got to make Mike Jinks smile. Um, 
you know, the needle and the damage done takes me back to Neil Young, 1972. I was just a pup. Maybe that's what gets Jimmy Graham uh, back on the field with this hip injury. You know, uh, this is the elimination game. Uh, whoever loses this game uh, between Chicago and Minnesota can can truly forget about talking about the playoffs, which is really all either one of them was doing. So there's my long yeah. answer. Uh, maybe Komet deserves a different look. Certainly not over, uh, not overcooked. Yeah, I love the Neil Young reference too. That's good stuff for sure. Um, I, I'm with you on this as well. I, I think there's a lot going in Jared Cook's favor later in the week. The fact that there is Drew Brees, the fact that there is no Michael Thomas, and and you know I like Cole Komet's long-term upside as well. I mean, it only took Ryan Pace signing you know 150 tight ends to to find out that oh Cole Komet's the guy. Uh, we're going to go with him going forward um, once they get rid of Jimmy Graham this year and, and, and everybody else there. So I'm with you um, this, like right now. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think Cole Komet has a, lo- a bunch of long-term upside. I'm playing Jared he, Cook over him this week. He, he would have been drafted much, much higher if Claypool hadn't stolen his glory. See, I got Claypool in on the show. I just wanted to say. <laughs> and your favorite again. Pittsburgh receiver, too. Oh, hey, did I go. talk – did we did we reference this on the show? So is Juju Smith Schuster not a stealer in twenty twenty one for you? There's some things going to happen there and it depends on how it ends. And I think it's too soon to, I think it's too soon to tell. But um you don't know what Juju Smith Schuster's side is willing to do to stay a Pittsburgh stealer. And that's something that you have to look at. So it's, it's a question. I don't believe we're dealing with a Diggs situation where Diggs says, I want to be the number one guy and I want to go somewhere I can prove that I can be. I, I, don't, I don't think we're, we're looking at the same kind of situation. So let's, uh, let's table that one to see how far Pittsburgh, how far Pittsburgh goes in the playoffs. But, oh, geez, we didn't talk about that offense. They better get it right against Cincinnati, and they better start throwing the ball to my guy Claypool. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, I'm with you, and I got Claypool going a lot of a lot of leagues this week, so I, I need him to uh, excel for sure. Final email for you tonight. This also involves a Steeler here. It's from Jim in Centennial, Colorado. Um, what's up, Bulky and Farrell? Thanks to you guys, I got to my semifinal this week. Hey, congratulations! But yeah. I feel I might make the wrong call at quarterback. Oh, this is not good. Who should I go with between Jalen Hurts and Ben Roethlisberger? That is Jim. In Centennial, Colorado, oh, ending another tough one here tonight, Farrell. So you look at um, Hertz versus Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger, as we just talked about, he is at Cincinnati. Jalen Hurts at Arizona. Now, the difference between these two quarterbacks, a couple of differences. Obviously, Roethlisberger reads the defense better than Hurts. He's got the experience over than Hurts. Hurts has the athleticism advantage over Roethlisberger. You know that if any one of these guys is going to use their legs to their advantage, it's going to be Jalen Hurts. We saw it last week against New Orleans. So if you could only play one of these guys in week 15, is it Hurts at Arizona or is it Roethlisberger on the road against Cincinnati? I'm sure this, I'm sure this league either rewards four or six points for passing touchdowns if if it if it uh, rewards six, Roethlisberger is a no-brainer. If it rewards four, Roethlisberger is still your guy. Um, Arizona's defense could be looking to get right against Hurts now that they've seen what they want to do. This is this is a very good team that's been playing very, very poorly 
in Pittsburgh. And Roethlisberger looks worse than Hurts. Hurts looked pretty good last week running the ball with his feet. He found some receivers. He he played like a a rookie that's been watching it all year for a team that has nothing to lose. Difficult road trip uh, for Philly. Uh, Roethlisberger gets right against a doormat that he's played against since 2004 when he entered the league. Roethlisberger's my guy here. Uh, if it doesn't work, uh, as, as our uh, oh our, our gentleman that was previously on the show said, you know, you, you want to go down swinging by playing your studs. That's what Ben Roethlisberger is. Jalen Hurts has got... Uh, a lot, a lot to prove before we can put that label on him. Totally with you, and and I've always been a guy that goes down swinging with the studs, and unfortunately, I've gone down swinging uh, more often times than I like to admit. <laughs> but I'm with you on this one, Roethlisberger overheard. It's interesting because Farrell, I, I think I told you this before. I host a or I co-host a local um, fantasy football radio, uh, terrestrial radio show here on Thursdays. Yep in Northeast Wisconsin, and there's a caller that, that calls in every single week um, for, for advice on who he's, you know, should start out in, you know, a quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end. Um, he calls in every week, and we're at, you know, 15 weeks into the season. I feel like I've given him the correct advice like three times, and he has oh. he's started going, he's gone the other way. So I've I've actually helped him because it's like well whatever Bulky says I'm going to go the opposite. So last night the so he called fade. in yesterday. Yes, exactly the Balkman fit. And so he called in yesterday and he's like Bulky I'm I'm I I don't know which way to go. Should I play Herbert against the Raiders or should I go Goff against the Jets? And I said well you know it's a kind of a coin flip for me, but I'm going to lean towards Goff this week. So then of course he tweets me eight o'clock this morning. He's like Bulky Herbert and I'm like. Did you play him? And he's like, you bet your ass I did. So he played Herbert <laughs> over golf. He got those points. Good on you. Um, I, I'm very thrilled for him. So to, to bring this back sort of to, to this, uh, the, to uh, Jim in Centennial, Colorado's question, I am with you on Roethlisberger, but take that with a grain of salt because I have been more off on quarterbacks than I'd like to admit this year. Um, yeah. So if you – I, whenever and, and Farrell and and I think this is what you've always said to Kentucky owners or FFPC owners like when it gets to be a coin flip like this where it's so close go with your gut you know this is your team we will try to provide the best analysis and the best recommendation we can but we're not running your team you are running your team you have to live with these results not us we'll do our best but go with God go with your gut and 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 go with what you think you can live with. That's the best advice you'll ever give, Bulky. I uh, I love having the best advice I will ever get in having you on this show each and every week. Oh. Um, Farrell, uh, to, to reveal, uh, and I'm going to tease this after I let you go here tonight, but you will be back Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, because of Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. We're not going to do a show on Thursday or Friday next week. We're going to do our show on Wednesday at 10, 9 central. You will be joining us. Um, to, to try to offer your best possible week 16 advice that you and I can uh, come up with. Uh, and, and I certainly thank you for it. And I thank you for advice uh, this week. Good luck in week 15, my friend. Thank you, buddy. I can use every bit of it as I, as I chase our, <laughs> uh, as I chase our leader with all his elite players with my uh, running back tandem of McKissick and Mostert. And I'm coming after you, <laughs> Mr. Jinx. I'm coming after him. I'm on, I'm on my way to get you. All right. You follow, 
you, you follow Farrell on Twitter at Elliott. You check out the KFFSC at KFFSC.com. You want to compete with us uh, next year, definitely do that at KFFSC.com. Farrell, happy holidays. We'll talk to you on Wednesday prior to Christmas, my friend. See you then, brother. Farrell Elliott, thank you so much for uh, popping on tonight. Remember, you can follow uh, the Kentucky Tennessee Football State Championship on Twitter at KFFSC.com. Wow, what a show tonight. We have gone way over. I know it's the high-stakes fantasy football era. It is tonight, the high-stakes fantasy football hour and a quarter uh, tonight here on the show. I want to thank Mike Jenks, who's leading the Football Guys Players Championship, and we'll take that lead into uh, Week 15 here on Sunday morning. Well, Saturday night, really, since we get a couple of uh, games on Saturday afternoon and Saturday evening this week. I want to thank Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, you. Reminder, if you are looking for more advice from high-stakes players, check out rotoviz.com slash podcast, the Rotoviz high-stakes loan on this week. It's me. It's Adam Grossman, who you can follow on Twitter, at Adam Grossman for longtime high-stakes player, uh, won a lot of football guys leagues, won a lot of FFPC dynasty leagues. We get into a lot of uh, conversation here uh, this week, rotoviz.com slash podcast as well. Uh, reminder, register for the FFPC World Famous Playoff Challenge and the Football Guys Playoff Challenge today at myffpc.com. World Famous Playoff Challenge, $200. You can win $500 grand. Uh, the Football Guys one, register for just $35. $35. And you could win $100,000 there in a more than $700,000 prize pool. The FFPC Playoff Challenge pays down to 1800th place. Football Guys down to 700th place. You are not going to get a deeper payout anywhere in the industry. Daily, season long, doesn't matter. FFPC is where to go there. Um, I've been making some appearances on Rotoballer Radio as well as the uh, Fantasy Alarm, Sirius XM Radio Show uh, um, going forward here as well. You can expect to hear me there going forward for the next uh, three or four weeks. Always good to catch up with uh, Raphael Reb and, of course, um, uh, Howard Bender, Jim Bowden. From uh, the Fantasy Alarm, those guys are all good people. Make sure you are following them as well because they will help you win your FFPC leagues there. All right. I want to remind you, as I just told Farrell, Wednesday night, 10, 9 central, we will have a show this week, this coming week. We will not do a show on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Um, we are going to do a show Wednesday night at the 23rd at 10, 9 central, We'll have a great guest lined up for you. We'll get you set for your championship lineups, your football guys, your main event, uh, championship round lineup. That is all at 10-9 Central. Uh, final day to Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah to all of my Jewish listeners, all of our Jewish listeners. Enjoy the rest of the week. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. for the high-stakes fantasy football hour provided to us by Frederick the Younger, one of the greatest alt-rock bands you will discover in the Midwest part of the country, in the uh, Kentucky part of the country, anywhere in the country. 
uh, got a chance to listen to them live. I have uh, all of their music on my iTunes. Great stuff from Frederick the Younger, as well as uh, the Quiet Howlers, who provide our intro music. QuietHowlers.com, FrederickTheYounger.com. That's where to find their music. It is great stuff, and it is always great uh, having you all listen to this show each and every week. We'll be back on Wednesday, 10, 9 Central, um, and uh, very excited to hear from you and another uh, high-stakes champ uh, as they try to win a half-million-dollar grand prize in the uh, main event, the Football Guys Players Championship. And remember, you can try to win a half-million-dollar grand prize in the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge. Enjoy Week 15, everybody. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday.